right, everybody, welcome to the show. This week's edition of Tennessee Wildcast, the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency weekly podcast. You can hear us, you can watch us, you need to tell your friends about us because we're talking about all things outdoors. Man, we're talking about a lot of stuff that I know that folks want to know about, Jason. That's right. Jason Harmon. I'm Doug Markham. We'll introduce our guest just here in a minute. So much to talk about. Hunting season's right around the corner now. Still a lot of fishing to go. A lot of boating activity out there, Jason. Yep. You got some cool stuff to tell them today. Yeah. A good interview about a lot of stuff going on in the mid-state. Right. Um, You know, coming up here pretty soon, middle and west Tennessee is the elk, uh, or the elk, listen at me. The duck blind draw. There you go. And uh, we want to show y'all how to, to get there and find out about that it, information. It's this Saturday. This Saturday, the All 6th. Right. The 6th. That's yes. right. Starts at 7 o'clock. Registration does. Goes till 10. Mm-hmm. And then you got to be in line at 10 o'clock. All right. Show them how right. they can find these locations. All right. So I'm easy to do. Switch to the screen for you folks watching and then uh, walk y'all through this. But yeah, go to our website and on our slider you can see the tradition continues. Click that slider where it says read more. And that's going to take you to the map where you can find all those blind draw spots. And it is. Don't just be patient. It's a little slow loading because it is a big file. Okay. Right. And uh, Lynn Barrett downstairs, Tracy Porter, been working on this out of our GIS, and I think they do a great job. But there's the wildlife management areas across the state, mm-hmm. and you may not be able to see it on here, but if you pull that up a little tighter, you'll see a bunch of red icons on it, and those are where. There you go. Those are where the drawings are going to be. And put that cursor right over top of one of those, can you, Jason? Click on one. There you go. And there's your coordinate there. And if you hit on that Google directions, it will show you how to get there. You can't get lost. Even I couldn't get lost. Well, I don't know about that. Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but it's that easy now. Trying to make it easier for you. If you've never been to a waterfowl blind draw, some of you are pros. And Mm -hmm. you know how to get there. And you could go blind yourself. But uh, right. but if you're new to it, that will help you a lot. Most of them are, all of them really are in middle and west Tennessee. All these drawings are because they're the closest to the Mississippi um, flyway. And the ducks really come into these areas off the Tennessee River and right. and over in the Cumberland River. And it's just a great place to go. And, and uh, it's usually the hottest day of the year. So take a lot of water with you, okay? And we're not leaving the East Tennessee folks out. They can come Absolutely. get in on the draw as oh, well. Yeah. And there's no draws in East Tennessee. But come on over here on our side of the state and, and – uh, Try to get you a blind. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure they will be there. They're competitive, but you can, as, as Jason talked about the other day, you can still watch it out with Joe Benedict on our Facebook page. Right. You can sign on. You can take your buddies, take 100 of them if you want to, and mm-hmm. some of them can sign on with you. There is a limit on how many can hunt at a blind at one time, eight or ten or something, looking to guide. But right. but you can sign on a bunch of folks, uh, up to quite a few, and and uh, and then who knows? Hunting, and hunting might be great this year. Let's hit one more thing before we move on. Don't forget, if you go to our Facebook page, we're talking about the uh, the stuff on there, the information about the blind draws there, and a whole lot more information. And don't forget about our Twitter feed. We're posting, putting, pushing stuff up there. We've got almost 7,000 followers. It's growing like crazy. So And about 63,000 on the statewide Facebook. So we're putting stuff out there all the time. We're in the social media world now. It is what we are. We're, this is the world we're in now, and, and we want to – give you as much information as as possible to keep you updated on what's going on with your outdoors here in tennessee so there you go there's there's how you can learn more about it all right let's do that wide out jason unless you got more i think that's about it for now all right all right check out the guest here all right this is tim (laughs) cleveland he is the manager of the region two office in here in middle tennessee and we're going to talk mid-state today, but a lot of stuff that I think will interest anyone who wants to come over to the mid-state. Tim has been the manager down at 
in the Region 2 office, which is this office we're in. This is Studio B up in the Nashville office. Tim's about 100 yards below us in the Region 2 office. And Tim, how long have you been manager over there now? Well, <clears throat> time's gone by very, very fast. I'm going to say eight years. Wow. Seven, eight years. And assistant before I that. I think that's right. Yeah, and I was assistant regional manager before that. And so. I remember the days when you got in the in the creeks and the streams. And I started out as a rivers and streams guy. I'm going to put my fish hat on today, too, to talk about <laughs> I want you to. creek shoes and, and, uh, and cool temperatures and catching some nice smallmouths. Right so. now, you know right now. We'll go out of order just a little bit. That's all right. He's, this, he's is already, my, this is my kind of fishing yeah, right here. Since he's already gotten into this part. You know, because you, you waded those creeks so much with the best fishing equipment in the world. Oh, there's no doubt. The, the electricity is hard to get. It's, it's hard to beat. Yeah. But you it doesn't saw, lie. <laughs> it does not lie. <laughs> it does not lie. And you saw what? What kind of fishing do we have here in Middle Tennessee? You know, middle, I, for the long, for many, many, many years, two decades now, I've been talking about how great the smallmouth fishing is in, in these streams and creeks that we have in Middle Tennessee. See that is the the um, it's it's the top of the, the the food chain for these streams. So nice smallmouth. It's really hot outside. Um, you get on these stream banks, Mill Creek that runs right through Nashville. You, you know, the 18, 20 inch smallmouth. Uh, cool weather. You know, you got shade over you. The 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 canopy, the trees, and the and the waters. You know, a fairly nice temperature, and and you can have a, a lot of fun. It is and going they, out and wading. And they there's streams all over this mid state from one end to the other, and. I think we're blessed in Middle Tennessee <clears throat> to have the streams that we have. We, I mean, it's, it's incredible fishing in these things. <clears throat> yes, that is exactly right. And this is the time of year I love more than any other. It, I love to get in the waters at 6 o'clock and later. Yeah. It's called it the witching hour, and that's when the fish really turned up. It's just phenomenal, you know. And, I mean, I, I'm, there, there are great times to be on the reservoir, and then there are great times to be on the rivers and the streams. Exactly. And this is one of those times, those, these August-type temperatures, um, where you can get out and you can catch great, you know, just tremendous rock bass and, and uh, smallmouth and just really have a, have a good time. And you've always talked about how fruitful these, these, these bodies of water are, and, and sometimes there will be a, an unfortunate fish kill on these things. Something happens, whatever it is, a truck overturns and all everything goes into the creek and kills it. But you always say give these things a couple of years and they're right back to where the, they were. I've worked so many of, the, of those streams where you'll have a, a DO kill, a dissolved oxygen kill, and that's typically what happens in the streams anyway. So a lot of, a lot of people might think it's you know some type of toxin that, that may you know like kill the, the other animals and stuff that are, that are eating out. Very rarely do you have a situation like that. Usually it's something that goes into the water that takes the dissolved oxygen out of the water and then the fish die and so it's a temporary thing and when that's gone because the habitat is there and the, and it's such tremendous habitat the fish come right back in you know there were years on on a lot of creeks on um, uh, in in the, in middle Tennessee that where we would go in and when we were when we were actually doing the age and growth studies on on smallmouth we would actually remove the smallmouth from these 200 yard sections of, of survey of survey area that we would do on the stream and we would come back the next year and there would be the exact same number of smallmouth the exact same length frequencies you know you'd have the big fish all the way down to the little fish it's just it's so habitat driven and driven and it's such a it's such an incredible uh, uh, fishery in in middle Tennessee for smallmouth so that, that's just that's the primary fish for for creek fishing, and really. <clears throat> that's why the smallmouth needs to be on the license. Absolutely, because it is the king of all fishing. This day, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm with you. All right, all right, Tim. Let's talk about some other stuff. Let's talk about the waterfowl plantings or replantings. We uh, we have several wildlife management areas in the mid state, uh, Old Hickory and, and Cheatham, 
and uh, Haynes Bottom. They run along, they sit alongside the Cumberland River. And I know it's been hot this summer, and I know folks may be droughty where they are, but along this river, there's been a lot of rain, and this rain has damaged existing crops there, not destroyed them, not a complete destroy of them, but it's done some damage, and you guys in Middle Tennessee are working to try to uh, get some stuff back in there. Yeah, that's a great picture of the new Old Hickory Wildlife Management uh, Area Manager, Mike Bobel. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Mike came, was hired in right on top of uh, of the of the, the storms that you talked welcome about Mike. last. <laughs> yeah, welcome, Mike. And and so he comes right in, and, and in July we had this, this two-week pattern of, of incredible intense thunderstorm cells that just rolled over Old Hickory. And really, the, the, the northern part of, of Region 2, for the most part, I know Region 1, Camden, I know there were some other, some some other places that were... from there, okay, by the way. Yeah. yeah, there were other places that were affected Barkley. as well. Yeah. yeah, and so these storms, they rolled across, and it was just a pattern every day. And after a while, the ground was so, was so soaked, and the river was so high... It just we it just we the corn just couldn't make it. I mean, with the stuff that we had planted early in the season uh, was was almost a, it was all I would say it's probably a seventy to eighty percent crop failure on Old Hickory. Old Hickory. Cheatham and Haynes they're not they they actually survived. Eric Tummins out there doing a tremendous job um, as the as the the, the Cheatham WA manager. Um, he you know the, he really is not concerned about about what he what he was able to get in. Old Hickory is the is the is the story. Okay, I'm so thinking. Go, go ahead. I'm thinking about um, probably eighty, maybe eight, probably around a hundred acres were lost of the 145 or 150 that he plants on Old Hickory. On Old Hickory. Okay. And so what we did is, is we came back in. He got he actually got a dry spell a week or so ago, and he was able to get back out there and replant those duck holes with millet. There was if if the high, if the ground was high. Um, the, the reason why there's still 30 or 40 acres of corn out there, if it if the ground was high enough, he left the corn there. So there was no reason to turn that 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 ground under. Um, he had to dry some of that soil out, so some of it just had to be turned turned. The ground just had to be turned. I see. Okay. And so he top sowed millet on 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 the on, on the ground, and that's you know that's a 60 day crop. So in, here in the next fast. 60 days, it's going to grow. It's going to grow fast, and uh, and and so everything's going to be ready to go by certainly by november you know it's no different than any other farmer out there guys it's a farming operation and you're at the whim of mother nature and so whatever she does and so they have to do the best they can i know corn is what hunters want but millet draws ducks and 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 he's that's exactly right it absolutely does and also he's got he's he has milo out there too so there's uh it's we're 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 kind of cautiously optimistic about about how this is going to go but i think he's done the very best that possibly could have been done given the rain events that we had there you know the water those guys were pumping uh seven days a week 24 hours a day uh, to try to get the water off of those off those fields it's below the river it's underneath the you know the the ground level is is you know the the levee the water was almost coming over the over the levee it was just within a foot or whatever And we kept getting rain after that kept keeping it wet till finally we just had this little dry spell so everything's going to be all right we think you'll learn more if you're seeing this before Mm -hmm. the waterfowl blind drawing they'll be there to explain to you and, and give you an idea even more what's going on around certain blinds or series of blinds out there if you ask them the questions as y'all gather this weekend yeah and i'll be out there at the old hickory uh duck blind drawing on saturday so We'll hope to talk to some of you guys.
All right. Out there this weekend. All right. All right. All right. Now, another thing that's going on, big time here in Middle Tennessee, Tim, you have been um, cracking that whip over this, and this is these hogs in Middle Tennessee. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, we have hogs here. We don't mm-hmm. want hogs here. Hogs aren't native to this area. Uh, there is a tradition in parts of Tennessee for hog hunting, but it probably because there's a tradition here, some of these hogs have come on over to Middle Tennessee um, to be hunted, but in, but they've created a lot of damage, right? And so we're going out trying to get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, we've been unbelievably – the guys have been unbelievably successful um, just all, down to the, the, the county officers um, – the uh, the WMA managers and uh, and their and their staffs and their their crews they've just been absolutely incredible in region two. I mean I tell people this was a mission change for the agency. This was this was especially in region two was kind of ground zero for how hogs were moving across the state of Tennessee. You know they've had their traditional areas in in on the Cumberland Plateau areas and in in East Tennessee. Those are traditional. Um, you know, hunting type areas where they that, that that we've had for for generations. Some of their but, damage there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yes, yeah, incredible damage. Uh, but region two was, you know, we were beginning to see these small pockets pop up all across the the Middle Tennessee area, and so um, we got after it, and and uh, really and truly, we have eradicated um, most of the pockets in in Middle Tennessee. We still have hogs in. In, uh, in the Montgomery County area around Fort Campbell, we still have hogs in that Sumner-Wilson County line, really along the river, mm-hmm. along the Cumberland River. Um, as a matter of fact, we just, we just got some more on bait just, just a few days ago, so we're hoping we can maybe coerce them to come into our, our, uh, our traps. And then Wayne County is, is really where the, where the, they seem to the keep majority is. Yeah, out. That's an expanding range. Yeah. That is a range of hogs. They're coming up from, from Alabama. They're, they are just simply ranging into the state of Tennessee. They're not necessarily being transported and released, which is illegal. Um, but that, but that was kind of what was happening in Middle Tennessee. You know, if, if you want, if you want to hunt hogs, then you, you're, you have an incentive to, to help to kind of, stock and release illegally uh some of those hogs in Milton and that's what we were seeing in these smaller pockets that were around and we did a really good job of of uh, of eradicating those pockets so Middle Tennessee right now is in a great place for just simply not having to deal with the loss of habitat from from what those animals do okay and it is an eradication project this is not let's go hunting let's get our dogs and go out hunting it's an eradication if you're a landowner and you want to get rid of them uh, get your guns out or get your buddy and just go kill them right? that is correct and, and then it, it, we're doing our part that's right pins. it took us a while it took me a while to get my head around the fact since i'm a deer hunter a big time deer hunter around the fact that that hunter that hunters really were not going to be able to 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 be involved to help solve this issue and and it just has to do with with the reproduction rates of these hogs incredible. and it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, and then also it has to do with the fact that there are some hunters that are on the fringe that are incentivized to hunt hogs. So they want to, you know, help the population along. So they may try to <laughs> yeah. bring some in from somewhere else yeah. and stock those things. And so there's an incentive there. So we had to take all of that away and just start dealing with it 
with it ourselves. There were some methodologies that came out, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, and uh, that we adopted that was, and you're seeing some photos here, setting yeah. up some of the traps and stuff like that, where you can actually get the, 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 the full group of, of hogs. And it's a great methodology. It works very well, and it's been extremely successful. And tech, we have caught up. You, you were talking about social media being the new, the new deal of the day. Tech, we've embraced technology also. So we have these these remote access, um, um, you know, gates and stuff that we can we can close the gate by simply looking on our iPhone and and saying, okay, the ho- the the group of hogs is in the they're in the in the trap, okay, they're around the feeder in the trap, That's and we can now close. We I have all of them. They're all in there, mama and all the little ones and or several mamas and whatever else is in there, and we can close that gate, and then we can then we can go out there and take care of them. So special shout out to Rodney Woodson of Oat Hickory, unbelievable uh, WMA technician out there that's really brought us into that technological world he first i think he started building gates and traps and now he's helped us with the whole technology of getting those he is yes he is the guy that his he was the 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 early technician that kind of learned this stuff on the go and he would look at these the equipment that we would buy he would look at it and say well i could make that a little better and he go in there and start working on it and yeah it was incredible and so he so he has become the subject matter expert on how to set these things up and how to ruggedize them because that was another thing the industry was wasn't really that good at was was ruggedizing them so that we could take them out and use them in the, in our field environments for long periods of time in the field and he was just did an unbelievable job at making those things last i've always said since i learned this agency a long time ago that the technicians that work for us on our wmas pay for themselves in about the first month or two that they're out there the yeah. rest of the time they're giving money back to the state of Tennessee because they do so much great work out there, whether it's that kind of work, electrical work, rebuilding stuff out there that's falling to the ground. They do everything. We could name, we could name several of them right now that are foremost authorities in uh, everything from crayfish to electronics to, 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 uh, to stream uh, fish identification. I mean, these guys or uh, they grab a hold of what they're doing, their responsibilities. They expand from there, mm-hmm. and they and they absolutely just become these these overall overall knowledge an overall knowledge base for the agency. Even they're bones, unreal. Even bones burned. Well, that's uh, Daryl was on yeah. my mind when I was talking hey, about. I could tell that. I mean, he's, yeah, he's an, he's another genius. <laughs> he is. All right, all right. Let's move on. The the hog stuff is it could be a whole thirty minute show in and of it, itself. It's it so could. interesting. What's going great on success with it. though, and we've really reduced those pockets, which I'm most proud about. I mean, there we're going to. I think we've killed about 160 to 180 hogs. Uh, this year down in Wayne County, we'll continue to do. That's about average, by the way, for about what we're doing every year. So, uh, and then we're, we'll continue to we continue to hammer them along the Wilson uh, Sumner County area there. That the that on, along the river, we get the, we get some some out of there twenty thirty whatever every year. So we continue to work those areas, those pockets where where we find them. But other than that, we just don't get a lot of complaints about from people anymore that are calling in and saying hey i got hog damage or i saw hogs we just those have disappeared good deal and they are devastating to a property which is why we're it's doing it. if you don't have them on your land you may not know the extent of their devastation but they cause millions of dollars of damage if not billions across the country well they eat all the row crops they'll yeah. go down they'll eat a farmer's all his all his crops they'll also tear up i mean tear up fields they look like a bobcat went down it through looks the like a meteor fields. just went it's through, insane. Running right through the that's right or yeah they're horrible all right dove hunting it's coming up coming up. right around the corner going to be a lot of fields again in middle tennessee yeah we always put a premium on the on our lease fields i mean aside from all of our wma fields but but we really try to 
this is one of those sports that you know for me as a kid this was one of the one of the things that really got me into the sport of hunting um you you know you, there there are a few i call them kind of gateway uh, sport gateway hunting events that you can take kids to and, and this is this is one of them it, it has everything it's got dogs it has you know it's fast activity the birds fly you know there's shotguns and there's just cool stuff and so as a kid it's it's captivating and it's just a great it's a great way to introduce a kid into into the sport of hunting it's kind of like a you know introducing a kid into fishing the best thing you can do with them is take them bluegill fishing because they're gonna they're just gonna have a ball and it's just gonna be one after another all day well that's kind of the our our desire for 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 young people also i'm not saying that it's just that the the opening day of dove season is for youth but that is always on my mind too because we all know as 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 hunters and how we how we grew up Mm -hmm. that this was one of the ways that we really got interested in 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 hunting too but yeah so we put a premium on these lease fields and we typically have we'll typically have i don't know eight ten maybe even 12 this year so we try to get as many fields as we possibly as we can afford all right tucker going this year a little too early we're gonna try maybe yeah we'll okay he's getting there all right and the fields of course dove hunting begins at noon on september the first and that interactive map that jason showed you at the very beginning look to come back to it for dove fields mm-hmm. a little bit later i talked to lynn barrett downstairs the other day in our gas and she said she'd have something up there so awesome. let's look for that and you can find the fields in middle tennessee that both the leased fields and wmas our own fields that are being worked on right Tim. that is exactly right the lease okay. fields will come on you know maybe a week or so you know how that goes, that goes it's just right a, before a, the hunt. a few yeah that's exactly right it goes right before the hunt so just keep your eye on those a lot of them are perennial a lot of the fields you'll see they're they, they're just the same lease fields we get every year and then we try to add you know we try to add one or two every year too if we get a Get okay. a new and different one. So, all right, something real specific to Middle Tennessee. So far, you know, a lot of stuff. You can come over here and enjoy. You can come over and enjoy this ramp, but a lot of you aren't going to hear this ramp. It's called Misty Cove. It's on the Cumberland River. It's on, I guess that would be Old Hickory right there, mm-hmm. um, up on, way up on Old Hickory. And there's a ramp there called Misty Cove, and we get a lot of questions about Misty Cove. It has not been an agency ramp until recently. My understanding is that we now are going to be handling that ramp working on that ramp and even doing the trash pickup over there eventually in the next few weeks. You hearing much about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the Corps of Engineers gave us the, the, the ramp. It's now Tennessee Wildlife Ramp. So um, we don't, we, you know, we, we haven't, we don't put a lot of focus on access on, on the lakes just because we, we, it's pretty saturated. I mean, we have a lot of right. access on our reservoirs. Um, our focus in Middle Tennessee really over the last well, in particular, over the last maybe ten years or so, has really been focused on getting access onto these rivers, and we can talk about that, you know, here in we'll, just a few minutes. We'll yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But the but the Misty Cove uh, ramp is is it's an interesting one just because of the 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 ramp itself has always been in good in good condition. The parking, parking lot, lot area is <clears throat> is where is where we've always had issues because when you get big rains, it washes the it washes everything out of there, and you get these giant ruts and stuff. And guys have a hard time parking their their trucks and trailers. So, uh, um, the engineer crew, Dwight and his guys, are going to go in there. I think this fall. Um, I don't want to put a date on him because I know he's working his schedule, everywhere, but yeah. but he's yeah he's working everywhere. But he is going to go in there i'm pretty sure early fall and he's going to rework that that whole parking lot to allow that water to move off of that off of that parking lot so that it so that it it doesn't wash it away and then we'll have some more stability that being said 
there's a lot of fishermen to use that ramp I'm, too. I, I'm it's not them. just duck hunters. I'm so, one of them. There's I mean, duck hunters. There's, there's walleye up in that area. Not that I've ever found a bunch of them yet, but they're there. It's a great sauger spot all through there. All that area up on the Cumberland River. It's cool up there, and it's a beautiful place. But the parking lot has just pretty much just been a ground. It's just earthen parking lot. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, I mean, I, you know, our engineer crew, they they are amazing. Yeah. I mean, they they are truly an amazing bunch of guys, and uh, and the work that they do is, I mean, when they put their stamp on something, it is the fishermen can be and the just the sportsmen in general can just be proud of it because they are they really are going to leave something they that's do lasting some incredible talented work it's unreal we need to go over there and do some kind of video on that ramp well you know i was going to say i was just over there this past year with my son there's some great bank fishing over there too there is yeah, yeah, that's a cool easy community access. over there and, yeah, it's uh, easy access it's really easy to get to so mr bones we were talking about earlier has told me some of the sloughs that come back into misty cove at the some times of the year are full of bass and full of crappie sure and absolutely uh, uh, brian james has told me that more i guess so Boy, more brian james know. in this case uh, brian gets in there and, and uses that good fishing equipment again other <laughs> ramps you you are busy in middle tennessee i've uh, been on on the um I guess the Red River, we're getting ready to put a new ramp over there yes, pretty are. soon. There's a, uh, what's the creek in Giles County that we're, we just... Richland. Richland Creek. Mm-hmm. Put one there just recently. Yes. This is going on and on. What's happening, Tim? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of this has, a lot of the credit has to go to Todd St. John, mm-hmm. who has a passion for for developing our rivers in uh, in Middle Tennessee. We have such incredible water here, and I know we're getting a lot of multi-use sports, sporting kayaks, activities, the kayaks, the paddle boards, mm-hmm. the canoers, that kind of thing. But still, it's providing access for fishermen too, and, and, uh, and obviously that's our number one thought when we go back through there. But but to be able to float these rivers and have a, have a, have a, a way to – I guess the the plan or the idea that we had was that you you know you could you could actually plan a river float yourself. You could have a half a day float. You could have a full day float. You know we want to give people options when they go out as just to you know how much depending on what kind of time they they may have in a day. Maybe they only have a half a day, so mm-hmm. let them go out there and fish and uh, and have a good time. So that's kind of what we've been trying to do on the red. Uh, you know Todd's got his eye on the Elk River. Uh, well, they're working a couple of good pieces in, of property in right Giles now. County or, or over in Lincoln yeah, County, somewhere all, in there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. And, and I want to call, if you want to see the talent of some of our crews, there's a ramp called Heartland, which is near That's, McGavick School in Davidson County. It's on the Stones River below Percy Priest Dam. It is a great piece of work, and there was no da- there was no ramp there. So you had virtually no access to that river. And they built that. And then there's also one in the Caney Fork River that they added a couple of years That's ago. That's the one I was going to talk about. That's uh, amazing. It's Gordonsville. Awesome. Gordonsville. I mean, it's just amazing. And it's just a well-done ramp. Somehow they figure out how to build below these flooding waters or these discharges coming down. And, and uh, just always amazed by their talent. If you want to know more where you can get access, our website has a lot of information on access. And we'll in- in- continue to increase that as you build more ramps. Always. I mean, you know, we're always looking for property. We're always looking for some, you know, access that's that fits our need. It kind of fits into where, you know, where, where we're looking to, to have floats. So we're always trying to, you know, just connect. If we get one access, we'll try, you know, we'll look five mile, five river miles of stream miles up, you know, or something and try to try to get a get an access somewhere in that area to give folks an opportunity to go out and enjoy the absolutely beautiful, the most beautiful uh, rivers and streams. I spent 12 years on them. They're just absolute. There's there are places on the Duck River, there are places on the Buffalo River that I, I you, you almost think you're going into some kind of paradise. I mean, it, there it's absolutely stunningly I, beautiful. I agree with that. I've been on the Duck River near Columbia, and I knew the city was only 
half a mile away from me, and I thought I was out in the middle of nowhere. It's <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it wild? It is. It really is. And and the small mouth. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You can get you can get your arm broke there. We definitely need to go do something. Real quick, <laughs> if you look at the screen, look at all the little blue dots. That's our fishing, and it's our boating access. So look look at all the opportunities just to get on the waters here in Tennessee. Yeah, and all that's right on the website. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, yep. so go out there. I tell you, those GIS ladies are putting a lot of work out there for folks to go look at and. And it's not as hard as you think it is if you just spend a little time doing it. And, guys, work. the sun is not going to beat straight down on you. You're underneath trees, <laughs> and it's beautiful, it, and it, it's cool, and you can catch giant smallmouth and have a ball. Or, yeah. And even get into the water and cool down if, you, if you're having a rough time, right? Yeah, All absolutely. Right. Yeah, you can jump in. Jason, how much time we got left? Oh, uh, we're, we're getting close, probably three, three, four minutes here. Okay. Tim, what else would you like to talk about? What else is going on in regions? Oh, Normandy Hatchery. I did want to mention our hatcheries real quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's Todd Tank John was talking about it a few weeks ago, but we're we're building on to the hatchery there, right? Yeah, we're adding on to probably ultimately, <clears throat> well, probably about another million fish that we'll add to the state of Tennessee. It's important to understand that that these these hatcheries like Normandy they they produce fish for the entire state of Tennessee, yeah, not just Middle Tennessee. No, it's not right. just Middle Tennessee. So that is a that's kind of yeah, those are great great photos there. That's sort of, well that's that yeah, that's a picture of Flint below. Yeah, we'll get to right. that one up on the right corner. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, but but I mean, uh, you know, the the um the, those are those hatcheries, they they produce these fish and they go out to to people benefit all across the state of Tennessee. They just happen to be in the Middle Tennessee area and they happen to be under our responsibility. So, yeah, there is another phase of development um, eight ponds, eight production ponds. And uh, and and they'll be hopefully they'll be online sometime in 2018. Okay, and we'll be producing. We'll run out of time. And also, Springfield Hatchery is doing remarkable work. It's a two-man crew over there. Man, they do great work. Incredible. And our Flintville Hatchery was up in that right corner. It's cold water. It produces trout. Yes. And uh, yes, the late it does. great Stacy was in that photograph. Yes, absolutely. There. So, Tim, we're running out. We've run out of time. We'll get you back though. Okay. Yeah, man. We got Anytime. so much to talk about. We might just do a 30-minute hog show. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be <laughs> awesome. You'd like that, would you? Yes, I would. All right, hey, thanks, Barry Cross, for producing that excellent video yeah, that great. we showed in the background. Appreciate Barry. You ought to check out the Facebook pages. You'll see a lot of his work, a lot of Jason's work, a lot of Todd's work who's over here. And yep. uh, we'll keep throwing it out at you. Anything else? TNWildlife.org. You can watch us, find everything you need to know about the wildlife agency, and get outdoors. All right, everybody. We'll be back next week. All our show shows are still out there. Tell your friends. Thank you all.